Hello, everybody. Welcome on the Lights on Data Show, Season 4, Episode 1. And we have a wonderful guest today, Monica K. Royal, which I find has a name of a star who has to be on stage. <laughs> Monica is a data enthusiast with a mission to share knowledge and resources in hopes to inspire others to learn and grow in the field of data. She is a su she's super passionate about continuous learning and created Nerd Nourishment with aspirations of it becoming an educational platform for the data community. Monica has a formal education in accounting and management information systems with a background in information technology, security, and risk management. She considers herself to be a nerd and enjoys dancing, spending time outdoors, and trying out new food. <laughs> Wonderful. We love that. Welcome, Monica. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. It's very good to have you here and thank you for your uh, amazing energy. I am very curious when I uh, when I read your bio, my first thought was what dance style do you enjoy and where do you go dancing? Where Oh gosh. Okay. My Style of choice, I guess, would be hip-hop dancing. I've been dancing since pretty much elementary school, being on different squads and teams throughout high school and college. I had a membership at an adult dance studio a few years back. It closed down. They just mm -hmm. opened up a new one, and my first class is on Saturday. And they Perfect. do all kinds of different styles, including jazz and heels and all kinds of fun stuff. So I went very excited to get back into the dancing scene. Nice. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. Nice. Yes. We hope you think I'm, you're going to have a lot of fun anyway. Do you dance? I love to. I dance a little bit of salsa. I think like everyone did. I did a little bit of belly dancing. Ooh. I have this belief that God wanted me to dance belly dancing. <laughs> And I think it's very, it's a lot of release in dancing and a lot of playfulness. So uh, I sometimes just dance at home. I have this playlist on Spotify, a dance playlist with all the tracks that just, I start moving no matter where I am. Just I love those. that. Trying to think, how can we tie this to continuous learning? I guess <laughs> dancing is a form of learning as well and expressing yourself. Yes, it is. Knowing yourself, better connecting. Connecting, yeah, with yourself. Yeah. Your environment. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially with yoga. I started doing yoga in the mm -hmm. mornings, thinking like, oh, this will be like an easy way to get back into my fitness routine. <laughs> and then I totally forgot that yoga is far from easy. Very mindful. You have to, even when you're laying there, I posted yesterday, it's called a corpse pose and you're literally laying on the ground, but you have to be mindful of your breathing, letting go of everything, being focused and ready for the day. So yeah, it's learning. Definitely. We oh. call it the most important pose in yoga, actually. The course, mm -hmm. corpse pose or shavasana. Corpse pose. Yeah. That's my favorite pose. <laughs> Can you tell us how your journey started in this? You're a lifelong learner and <clears throat> you're putting out great content out there with nerd nourishment. You're doing amazing reviews and notes on everything that you attend. What got you into everything? So specifically what got me so passionate about continuous learning? Yes. Okay. Diana mentioned I have a background in accounting and management information systems. And so I first started my career as an auditor and 
when you enter into an accounting firm, they give you bonuses and stuff for getting your CPA. So your certified professional accounting certificate. And I already had the education. So I was like, yeah, let's get this a certificate. It was four tests. I had to retake two tests, very hard test. And with that certification, you're actually required to have 40 CPE credits a year, and that's continued professional education. And with that being just, you need to keep up with all of the new regulations and all of that in the accounting realm. And so that kind of what kickstarted my continuous education thing is because it was a habit and it was, it was a requirement for me. Um, I actually have never used my CPA. I am an IT auditor. That is where my background lies in. So I'm very heavy in data security and all of that. And so I got a couple other certifications, my CISA and my SISM, which is Certified Information Systems Auditor and Manager. And so with that, it's similar 40 credits a year, just learning things that are applicable to what you are doing at your job. So yeah, I just got in the habit of taking courses at least once a month throughout the entire year and just realized that's the way to go mm. trying to keep up with things, especially to get in into a habit. Field. Yeah. Cause things are changing so quickly that you need some way to learn the new things. So being that it's the new year, I think a lot of people are setting their goals first week of January, last week of December. What are your recommendations for goal setting and then follow through with those? Yeah. Goal setting is, it's hard for me. Short-term goals are easier than long-term goals. So I tend to focus on the short-term goals and I look at them as aspirations or themes that I want to get accomplished throughout that year. So just things that you want to start now and then looking at them as a habit. So one of mine, for example, is that I wanted to start office hours through Nerd Nourishment. And so I actually started that on Wednesday, testing that out and George joined, helped me test out the platform. And so we're good to go. We're going to start officially next week. So that was a goal. And my goal is to continue that throughout the year and have other goals coming the way that I'm just <laughs> excited about. One thing that, that um, I found out. Now that you mentioned this, can you tell us what the time is and how people can join? Oh, yes. So the time I have a poll out there, actually, a LinkedIn mm. poll asking what time that people would enjoy. Right now, I think the afternoon is winning, which I'm excited about because I wanted it to be smack dab in the middle of the week so that you have questions. You start your week, you have questions, you can get them answered. And then throughout the rest of your week, you can apply those at your job. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So right now it's and how can people join? I will create a LinkedIn event next week for Perfect. everyone to join. Looking forward to it. So make sure yes. you follow Monica. Yes. To get all the information. What's the link in the show notes too? Great. But what I wanted to mention about the goal setting is what I found really keeps you accountable is sharing those goals with other people. Your immediate family, sure, but even make them more public. That's one of the reasons why I'm sharing them on LinkedIn with everybody to see. And I feel that everybody's holding me accountable for it, or I feel more accountable to them because I share those goals. And then usually like 
after six months, I do a check-in and uh, give people an update and see where I am. Maybe there are a few things that changed. Maybe there are a few things that I've added or removed for certain reasons, but I do try and provide some explanations and I do try and follow through and actually keep up with my goals. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good. I have, I have posted things on purpose because I wanted to get them done for that same reason, because I'm like, okay, if I say it out loud, then I really have to get it done. There's the, the SMART technique for setting up your goals and SMART stands for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. So if you can create your goals to respect those measures, they become more achievable because of these things, they're more concrete, they're more realistic. I think what helps me do other things in setting goals, which where whenever a goal seemed forced or was forced, it was, I was never able to follow through. So for example, I think for years in a row, I set the goal to go running every second day or something like that. But actually I don't like running at all. I think I just set up myself for failure. I think it's important to find things that you can actually feel that you can do. You can tie also some, something pleasurable with it. That would be one thing. Dan Everett is, hi Dan. Hi, He's Dan. asking if we're using the OKR method. I don't know what that stands for. Then if you can follow up in a comment of what OKR stands for. I have at my previous job, it was objectives and key, key results. results. It's a hit or miss to Diane's point. It feels forced in that method, especially if putting together goals for a job has always felt forced for me a little bit, but when you're doing them and you have that personal tie and you really want to get them done and you have that motivation, that definitely helps out a lot. Right. But talking about motivation, motivation fluctuates. So motivation, there's a motivation curve. The motivation is the highest at the beginning, but you never get to that same level of motivation that you have in the first few days or weeks. And then we tie that in and we say, okay, maybe we're not disciplined enough. We're not ambitious enough, not determined enough, but it's just a normal fluctuation of motivation. Motivation drops and then comes back up again and drops and, and so on. So this is why I think we shouldn't really rely just on motivation, but rather on other stuff, on habits, the ones that you mentioned, on tying those things with something maybe more pleasurable. And also the second thing that I wanted to say is that I, I think if you have the end goal in mind is also very helpful. And the end goal is not running it itself. It's how you're going to feel when something happens, mm -hmm. or maybe you want to participate in a contest and how you're going to feel if, after you've, you have that done, or if maybe you're in a friendly competition with someone. And so I think it's never about the goal itself, but what mm -hmm. that goal does for you and uh, keeping that in mind, I think helps a lot. Completely agree. I read a book, Tiny Habits by mm -hmm. BJ Fogg, and that's why I tend to look at these goals as habits. And he shares a way, he gives it in an equation where you can pull the different levers in order to help you achieve those habits. So you need motivation, ability, and a prompt in order mm -hmm. for a habit to then, or a behavior to then happen. Is it tiny habits or atomic habits? No, atomic is habits is, is something, something different. Else? That's the more popular book. Yeah. 
that yeah. I've seen out there, but I'm a fan of tiny habits because nice. you start small and you really focus on that, that equation. I think because I'm a math nerd like that, he has that equation Hello. and Hello. he has a chart and he shows like, he shows it on a chart and he's like, if you're not motivated, then make it more your ability, move that and recommend that a lot. And plus nice. I had a boot camp specifically with BJ Fogg and he taught us oh, wow. uh, behavior nice. design. So huge fan. <laughs> Nice. Then Everett is mentioning as well that we make our goals too big. Sometimes we need to break them down into smaller steps. And yes, you can run for 500 miles a year. That sounds a lot, but if you break it down, you can only mm. run five miles every other day or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah. And Chris is mentioning motivation is unreliable. Yeah. I, oh my God, I agree a hundred. I think it's good to acknowledge that we can feel motivated all the time. And that's okay that you can have mm -hmm. some off days that you don't feel like doing anything towards your goals and to be okay with that, not to beat yourself up for it. And I think in either Atomic Habits or one of those books, the idea was that if you have a habit, please, the recommendation was not to take a break more than one day. So if, if one day you're not able to, to follow through, that's fine. But the, say, the day after you should should make sure that you do complete. We'll see. I'm starting to feel uh, the pressure. <laughs> I'm starting to feel the pressure already. Yes. <laughs> Monica, I know you mentioned that you, you did the boot camp, and a question that came to mind is what do you define as learning? So when you say that you are doing something in order to learn or to grow, what do you count in that category? I think of it in two different ways. One being learning new things that you have not known about before that you're just curious and you stumble on the internet or the news or whatnot. And then the other being revisiting the fundamentals. And I think that's really key for a lot of people, especially in the data profession, to make sure that you don't lose sight or you keep up with those fundamentals, like the standard statistics and all of that, so you don't forget about things. Right. Mm -hmm. I was also thinking about, okay, you can read book, you can take a course, you can go to a boot camp. Maybe you can have an interesting conversation with someone who knows maybe a little bit more on the topic. Maybe you can have a mentorship session with someone, right? These all things I, I actually count under learning and growing. Is there anything else that comes to mind here? Absolutely. Listening to podcasts. Listening Those to are podcasts. always awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you also, you were doing this hashtag last year, I think it was yes. last year, the hundred days of learning. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Is that something that's reoccurring? Yeah. So I started that, I think September, 2019. It was, I know it was. Mm. It seems like yesterday. Started before I was even <laughs> active on social media. I was one of the scrollers on LinkedIn. I didn't even I didn't even like people's posts. I was just like scrolling. And Kate Strachney posted, Are you a consumer or a creator? And I remember I was just that. Like, yeah. yeah. And it just sparked something. I was like, I wanna be a creator. And then I typed it out. I want to be a creator. And then I was like, <laughs> do I hit send? <laughs> My first interaction with a post. <laughs> I, know. I don't know if I should hit send. And I finally did probably 
minutes after retyping it and whatnot. But yeah. And then I was just like, okay. And I, I posted the accountability. <laughs> I was like, Hey, I'm going to start posting. And I started a 100 days of learning. I got that idea from, I forget who the person is, but they did a 100 days of code. Coding. Oh. Yes. I wonder yeah. if it was Ken. No. I, no. I for, no, it was somebody that I don't even follow on LinkedIn. I think it's just like very random that I found on the internet and it was just super easy. Pick something that you want to do for a hundred days, do it for like 30, 10 minutes to 30 minutes, post about it. And that's it. And I was like, okay, let's, in order for me to do it, I'll have this challenge. And so I did that. And while I was doing it, I was just sharing things that I was learning, whether it be a course, podcast, book, at work and whatnot, things that I would find on LinkedIn as well. And then I found the 2190 rule. So you do something for 21 days to create a habit and then mm. you do that habit for 90 more days to create a lifestyle change. And I was like, mm. yes, let's change my life. And so the 100 days of learning turned into 111 days of learning because of the 90 plus 21. Yes. So after the 111 days, I was like, I really like doing this. I want to continue to do it more. I saw that people had their own personal hashtags and thus I created nerd nourishment. Yeah. Love it. Tell us a little bit more about that. Myself a nerd and just talking about all nerdy things and nourishment. You want to nourish your brain and fill it with all kinds of fun facts. And that's where nerd nourishment came from. Wonderful. And you mentioned fun facts. Yes. Tell us a Friday fun fact. Yes. Friday fun fact. Okay. So today is a national take down your Christmas tree. So if you have your Christmas tree still up, yeah? We do. Yeah, it's right yes. behind right. the camera. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so today's National Take Down Your Christmas Tree. So Okay. Fine. Mm. <laughs> it is a sign. I don't know if it's a good sign, but it's definitely a sign. <laughs> what, do you have any tips and tricks for all of us to, to continuous learning? Do you have any habits that we could maybe copy as well? Well, how is your day looking like? Do you have any a ritual that you usually follow? Yes, I am a huge fan of checklists. I have my daily to-do checklist. Yes. So that's what keeps me motivated throughout the entire day. Is so like cross it off. Yes. Like check it, cross it off, do whatever you got to do. And then periodically check it throughout the day to make sure that you're checking things off because the other day I think I spent like an hour just surfing on the internet I just went down a rabbit hole and then I was like whoa I've spent way too much on here let's revisit the to-do list and then it got my motivation back to to mm -hmm. get things done like Dan is mentioning if it's not on the list it does not exist and that rhymes <laughs> I sometimes do things and then write them off on the list so that I can take them off. <laughs> I've done that before. I've totally done that before. But it, the satisfaction is there. The dopamine is being released. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So we need to add the Christmas tree on the list yep. so we can check it off. 
And Andrew's mentioning that Dennis is still decorated for Christmas and will be that way till the end of January. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I think that was our idea initially, too. Yeah. We'll maybe need to revisit that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a very good idea. What about in terms of diet or anything, guys, would that play a role into learning? Would that aid in, in certain way? It definitely helps you with focus, especially with yoga and meditation taking breaks when you are in the weeds you're getting work done then you need to take breaks some people say every 45 minutes or every hour and a half i don't think that i have found my perfect number yet i just know my feeling is that i'll go down a rabbit hole and just start scrolling or finding things on the internet and whatnot and then i'm like i need to refocus do some meditation, yoga, go for a walk. So that kind of release definitely helps readjust the mindset and helps you. I have a comment here from Kate that I'm going to paraphrase, but you feel that the pandemic has impacted continuous learning for the data professional in a positive way or a negative way? For negative, I think depends on how you are applying the things that you're learning. Mm -hmm. We have seen a huge spike in people taking courses. Tons of courses, you can take a course a day, but what you do with the knowledge that you are learning from those courses is where the learning really kicks in. Um, so if you then take that and apply it to say a project or make a blog post or post it on LinkedIn or do something with that knowledge that you just learned, it really solidifies what you just learned. Right. I, I love it. I, that was one of the questions that I wanted to ask. How do you make sure that you actually use what you're learning? Because as my friend says, information is not transformation. So the fact that you know something doesn't mean that, you know, anything changes unless you... And I love Susan's comment as well. She says that depending... It's regarding breaks. She says that depending on the task she's doing, that that's how... it. So it depends on what she's doing on for how many breaks or how often she takes breaks. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, I guess some could be a bit more taxing. So Monica, you started this initiative with continuous learning, the initiative with the 111 days of learning. And I'm curious how your life changed through this. What did it do for you? Hey was not active on social media at all. I consider myself uh, introvert. I still am an introvert, but it got me outside of that comfort zone. And you don't grow unless you step outside of your comfort zone. So that was something that really helped me and just improving my creativity as well. I think a lot of us that are the math people, the numbers people, the creativity side kind of lack. So I try to both use both sides of my brain, which is why I think I like dancing so much. I can't draw at all. My artistic <laughs> abilities are absolutely terrible. I drew out the Nerd Nourishment logo and 
Thank goodness my cool. husband knew what I was thinking and actually created what the logo ah. should look like. I don't know how he did it. The, the, it was very bad drawing. I still have it. <laughs> I think you can say you're an abstract artist. <laughs> oh, I like that. So th that's same for me, by the way. I'm an introvert. I'm bad at drawing. But I watched this TED Talk that basically shows you that everybody can draw. And then they teach you some techniques that I was able to replicate and then create some characters as a result. So it gives you some confidence. I'll look that up. I'll send that over to you. Okay. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Dan is wondering if you specifically look for things to learn outside of your domain of expertise. I think it depends on what I'm doing. I get a lot of inspiration from what I see on LinkedIn. And so if somebody is talking about a topic that I am not familiar with, I'll definitely go and research it. I'm a curious cat. <laughs> All right. So there are three takeaways for me today, four actually. So the first one is if you have goals, share them with others, make them public and make yourself accountable by doing that. Second is create lists, write them down gives you a nice a dopamine effect when, once you check them off, I think you cross them off, right? There was an, oh yes, Dan was mentioning break everything down as well. Make it smaller and more digestible chunks. And fourth, follow Monica on LinkedIn. Thank you so much again for having me on the show. And one more question. Okay. You mentioned that you love trying out new food oh, yes. and I... I'm wondering, what is your favorite food? My favorite food to eat is sushi, hands down. Every time I get to choose, I want to go out for sushi. <laughs> That's me too. Yeah, George as well. And poor George, I do not share this pleasure with him. Yeah, yeah. I like pizza. My last meal pizza? is going to be pizza and ice cream. Yep. <laughs> What's your favorite pizza? I think I like prosciutto, prosciutto e funghi. Mushrooms and... Ham, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. My tastes are not very complex or elevated or whatever. <laughs> They're just very basic. <laughs> yeah. All right. So everyone, thank you very much for being here. Happy New Year. It's wonderful to be back with a new season. Thank you for joining. And I wish you all the best. In this year, I wish that the goals that you have set excite you, that you don't need motivation in order to accomplish them, that they, you just do them because they feel right and because you feel them from within. Thank you very much, Monica, for, for being here. It was lovely to have you. Thank you for your lovely energy and for sharing all these tips and for everything that you do for the data community. Everyone, make sure that you follow Monica and find out all about the initiatives within Nerdge nourishment. Thank you so much again for having me on the show and happy learning. Happy learning. Happy learning.